Hello and welcome back to the Basic Bible Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Thompson, and welcome to this special edition, the special bonus edition of the podcast. A couple weeks ago, I was able to go down to Chicago and uh, attend the Doctrine and Devotions conference put on by the guys behind the Doc and Devos podcast, Joe Thorne and Jimmy Fowler over there at Redeemer Fellowship there in St. Charles, Illinois. And it was great. It's the second year I was able to attend this conference. And while I was there, I was able to sit down with, uh, actually not sit down, I never actually sat uh, with these guys, but I stood up with several of the speakers, including uh, Joe Thorne and Jimmy Fowler, and Barnabas Piper was there as well, and uh, a whole bunch of other people, and I hope you'll enjoy these uh, these podcasts or these interviews and you're going to hear some background noise here, because uh, I didn't go into a, a private secluded area. I just grabbed them where they were, and uh, very gracious enough to sit down with me. The main speaker was uh, Jim Hamilton, Dr. Hamilton, out of Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. And uh, also uh, a, a friend of mine, John Watson. I don't know if John is listening to this podcast. Probably not. But I don't know. We've actually had quite a bit of an up uptick in our downloads, but... Uh, John Watson's a good friend of mine, and he's uh, one of the elders there at uh, the church where uh, Dr. Hamilton has uh, it's been pastoring for a few years now. He's written a great book on biblical theology, written several great books, but that's uh, the book that the conference was about, Biblical Theology. And again, had a chance to sit down. I keep saying sit down. I never actually sat down uh, with several of these guys, and also uh, folks from uh, some Bible colleges here in the area. Uh, Midwestern Seminary, and uh, that's an exciting Southern Baptist school. Exciting because uh, I know they've got Jared C. Wilson over there, and they've just got some other guys, Owen Strachan and others, and it seems like good things are happening there. i got to go down there and check out the Spurgeon Library sometime. And also a very new Bible college that is going to be opening its doors soon. I don't think it's open yet, but it's a Reformed Baptist Seminary, and uh, you'll, you'll hear more about that here in just a moment as we start getting into these interviews. So I hope you enjoy them. Uh, here's my interviews here at the Doctrine and Devotions Conference 2019. All right, I'm here with Paul from Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary and Spurgeon College. That's right, yep. So yep. we're, uh, of course, at the Doc and Devos Conference. So I'm mm-hmm. going to ask you, Paul, give us a pitch for Midwestern. Sure, so Midwestern Seminary is the uh, the youngest of the six Southern Baptist seminaries, and uh, we are for the church. If that's all I could say, that's what I would that's say and leave you with. Yeah, that's right, and that's that's the main conference we put on yeah. for pastors. But um, yeah, it was a it was a vision vision statement mantra, whatever you want to call it, that Dr. Allen put forward when he came in as our president about six years ago, mm-hmm. and it's the idea that. We exist, seminaries exist, and, and we do specifically at, to support the local church for the good of the local church. Yeah. So Christ didn't say, I'm going to build my seminary, I'm going to build my church. And, and so everything we do should filter through that lens to support and equip pastors, missionaries. Um, so theology is great, but if that's, if that's an end in of itself, which some seminaries uh, happens, that's not... Yeah. That's not the aim. We're not, we're, we're not fulfilling the Great Commission. We're not, um, yeah, training training pastors and, and missionaries and leaders for the church. So um, what you see is, yeah, our For the Church conference. We have a For the Church blog um, in, in the classroom. This, this is consistently being brought up. How is 
apologetics? How can we? How is this for the church? How is even the the deepest theological conversations for the church? How can you pastor and make this relevant yeah. and, and impactful to the the heart of your normal everyday congregate uh, member at a church? So anyway, uh, so yeah, that's, that's special. There's a down to earth. Um, yeah, just boots on the ground approach to to equipping. How has it benefited you personally? Yeah, for me, goodness, it, it has really grown my love and for the local church. I, I want to pastor, and so um, yeah, seminary training for me, it's it's really been a perfect blend of both training at our seminary campus, but also through my local church in Kansas City as well. Uh, and they push that hard, and so in a perfect world, seminaries wouldn't have to exist, right? Yeah. <laughs> Churches would be able to equip. So ultimately, I think it's, it still is up to the church. So yeah, there's a blend of um, yeah being church by the seminary or being trained by the seminary and yeah. our church. That man, it has grown my love for the local church. Um, it's it's humbled me, um, and so I'm I'm going to leave seminary knowing how much more I need to depend on Christ and the Spirit for. For pastoring and shepherding, and so. Where do we find out more info? More info, definitely um, mbts.edu. Uh, if you want to go to that for the church website specifically, it's ftc.co. Leave the M out. Oh. And uh, yeah, we got no. podcasts. Yeah. I gotta get there because I gotta see the Spurgeon collection. Yeah. Yeah, it's it is beautiful. Six thousand books of Spurgeon's twelve thousand that he owned mm. in a library slash museum. So we've got a bunch of um, awesome artifacts and furniture that he owned and had, but also his books and obviously his legacy to, to see Christ in Scripture more clearly through his life, yeah. All right, well, thank you for your time. Yeah, thank you. Okay, I'm here with Barnabas Piper at the Doc and Devos Conference. And so, Barnabas, my question for you as a writer, I've heard it said, as criticism of typical evangelical pastors, is that it's not that they don't read enough, it's that they don't read wide enough. Do you think it's a fair criticism? I think in a lot of cases it is. Uh, there are probably some pastors who don't read enough, but I think most pastors probably just stay in a theological lane yeah. or read in a it's sort of tribal reading. So they read they read the same voices, so it becomes a bit of an echo chamber. There's a lot of reinforcement of things they're already aware of or things they already think. And that becomes really problematic when you have to engage cultural issues that fall outside your area of awareness. And that's setting aside just the benefits of reading literature, fiction, history, biography, things that things that will enhance your understanding of the world, that will enhance your vocabulary, that will give you a greater sense of story. I mean, if you're trying to communicate the story of Scripture and you don't really understand how stories work because you're not yeah. a fiction reader, there's a disconnect there. So um, I, think there's, I think there's a lot of validity in the criticism, um, and I think pastors will benefit from reading those they disagree with and reading genres they don't normally, uh, they're not normally attracted to. Okay, I got one more question I gotta ask. You know, the criticism on the Happy Rant is that Ronnie is, you know, lanyard man, he's the conference guy, but I see you at a lot of conferences, but you're just not speaking. So, who actually does more conferences? We probably go to the same amount, the difference is that this is part of my job, and so I get sent to them, and he voluntarily attends them. <laughs> so when he's going, he just gets to sort of be at leisure, and I have to stand here and work a table or work a booth or have meetings. Talk to annoying people like me. That's right, and answer podcast questions. <laughs> well, thank you. Absolutely. Hey, I'm here with Matt from 
uh, IRBS Theological Seminary. And so, Matt, my question for you is, uh, give us a pitch. It's a Reformed Baptist Seminary and just got started. So why should, why should people take a look? Sure. Well, don't get me wrong. There's lots of great seminaries out there. Uh, we're, I think, one among uh, many. We're just getting started uh, with our program. We've been in existence for about two years. We're just finishing our first academic year. And as you said, we are distinctively a confessional uh, Reformed Baptist seminary. We're also residential. So those are some of our distinctives. Those are some of the things that make us unique um, as opposed to other seminaries. Um, uh, all of our curriculum uh, is from the perspective of the 1689 um, London Baptist Confession. And so all of our professors teach according to that standard. So some of our most distinctive courses would be our Symbolics course, which is a class on our Confession of Faith. It's a four-credit course. It covers all uh, the chapters in the Second London Baptist Confession. Uh, we also have a, a distinctive Covenant Theology class. Um, in our MDiv curriculum, we tend to focus on uh, the original languages. So we've got four semesters of Greek and four semesters of Hebrew. So it's a very serious academic program. Everything for us is geared towards training men for pastoral ministry. Um, you know, we really don't focus on other programs. We have a Master of Arts program, um, but our main focus is our MDiv, and so we're trying to train men for the church, uh, to go out and be pastors and plant churches or supply existing churches. And uh, just a little bit of history about the seminary, we were started by the Association of Reformed Baptist Churches of America. So we are, that's one of the things that makes us um, distinctive as well, is that we're an associational seminary, so we've got the backing of, of, uh, of our association of churches. And, um, and so we're very excited about the progress of the seminary. The Lord seems to be blessing the work. Um, we've got a small staff, we're a small uh, operation, but we're working hard and, um, and hopeful that the, that the Lord's going to, uh, to bless the work in the future. Well, and you forgot one of the other distinctives of being able to sit under men like Dr. Renahan. That's right. And others. Yeah, that's, that's right. Yeah, James Renahan is our, uh, is our president um, and our professor of historical theology, um, along with Richard Barcellus. He's one of our professors. Uh, he teaches most of our exegetical courses, so he teaches hermeneutics and biblical theology. Uh, we've also got men like James Dolezal, um, who's becoming pretty well known. Yeah, uh, in the, book. Yeah. That's right. In the world of theology proper, he writes a lot on, doct on the doctrine of the Trinity. He teaches an intro to philosophical theology course for us. Stephen Lindblad, Fred Malone. So we've got some overlap with some of yeah. the men in the founders uh, group within the F SBC. So Tom Hicks, Tom Askell, Fred Malone, some of those men teach for us as well. So where do we find more information? Yeah, you can go to our website, irbsseminary.org. Um, you can see all kind of information about the seminary there. You're welcome to send me an email. Again, my name is Matt Stahl. You can email me at mstahl, uh, M-S-T-A-H-L, at irbsseminary.org. All right, thanks for your time. Yeah. All right, I'm here with Jimmy Fowler at the Doc and Devo's conference. Mm -hmm. i got to ask you this question. So for years in the podcast, the big joke was <laughs> you were the elder in training and it yeah, yeah. forever. I'm curious, now that you actually are an elder, do you feel that kind of different weight on you now that you actually have the official church sanctioned responsibility. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, my vote finally counts. Yeah, yeah, kind of one of those things. Now, I mean, as far as like the, the, the process itself is in such a way that you're already doing the work of an elder yeah. uh, before you become official elder. Now, that doesn't mean, you know, there's barriers to that, or there's some uh, limitations, I should say. Yeah. Uh, I don't, there's certain things I wasn't privy to as far as church discipline or uh, uh, intense situations that congregate, uh, congregants were going through. But it's, yeah, and I think you you feel the weight. Uh, I, I did feel it. It, it felt yeah. different. It felt different 
it was a bit of a relief to no longer be an elder candidate. Yeah. But at the same time, then you had the more uh, uh, the weight. Then thanks, brother. You had the weight of uh, now. Okay, you are now responsible for shepherding God's people. Right. Awesome. Right, I'm here with Dr. Jim Hamilton. We're at the Doctrine Oceans Conference, and the theme this year is biblical theology. And of course, you've written on this topic quite a bit. Um, what is, my question is, what is the danger of avoiding biblical theology? For, for someone who's just reading the Bible piecemeal, um, sometimes you call it you know, proof texting, or just, just kind of uh, reading the Bible devotionally, grabbing a verse here, grabbing a verse there, but you're missing the whole story. What are you missing out on? What's the danger? Yeah, I think it would be the same danger that you would face if, if you um, try to interpret... So I, I sometimes watch NBA basketball, and often Jeff Van Gundy and Mark Jackson are the commentators. And if I, let's say, drop in at the playoffs, and I've not paid attention to the season, yeah. and let's say I maybe don't even know that much about the game of basketball. Now, this is, you're describing me right now yeah. with the cell phone. So. <laughs> and, and, and so if I just drop in on those guys and I try to interpret their statements, I don't have the wider context in which they're talking. Yeah. And if I don't know the history of the NBA, or even their own personal histories, to know that they've both, both coached NBA basketball, then I'm going to miss a lot of the references they're making. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to understand statements that they're making. So I think the danger is you're not reading the Bible in its canonical context. So you're not, you're not hearing the conversation that the biblical authors are having that's informed by earlier scripture and that is then giving rise to later scripture. And so, I mean, for instance, Mark Jackson, one of his, one of his things is um, when somebody makes a good play, and usually it's LeBron James, he'll say, Mama. There goes that man, you know, and, 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 he's, and he's really complimenting the player who's just done this. It's a big deal when he says that about a play that somebody other than LeBron James makes. And, and you only know that's a big deal if you've, if you've listened to Mark Jackson and, and heard him say this mostly about LeBron. You know what I mean? Right. And so I think that's the value of biblical theology. It gives us the, the whole Bible context for the things that the biblical authors are saying. Do you think there's a danger in creating your own meta-narrative through Scripture? Yes, certainly. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We, we need to, we need to uh, be sure that we're tuned into the Bible. Well, thank you very much for your time. Hey, my pleasure. God bless you. All right, I'm here with Joe Thorne at Doctrine and Devotions Conference. Joe, in your uh, message earlier, you talked about the dangers of being a lonely Calvinist, the, the only Reformed guy in a particular church. Yeah. So what advice do you have to a guy that finds himself in that situation? Well, there's a, I would say a couple of things. One, just because you are the only Calvinist in a church doesn't mean that you can't be friends with and have like robust uh, a friendship and accountability with other Christians. Sometimes we seclude ourselves because we don't have anybody who's just like us in all of the in all of the particulars. I've actually got personal stories about this, where when I was on campus at a particular school, um, I tried to find fellowship with the Calvinists, and they weren't really hip to praying with me and just like you know praying together, spending time together. So I actually just went and found some guys that were into praying. They weren't Calvinists. And I went that way and I found some sweet fellowship. So number one, don't seclude yourself just because you're the only Calvinist. Maintain friendships with real Christians despite your differences. Um, and then you can actually link up with other Christians in other churches who happen to be from Reformed traditions. 
and of course we have the whole online uh, presence. Like there, there are ways for you to connect with other believers virtually uh, who can actually encourage you, befriend you. Look for opportunities at conferences, you know, national conferences, regional conferences, where some of those people are getting together. But whatever you do, don't isolate yourself from accountability and friendship because without it, uh, I, I think we get ourselves into deep trouble. And then, how often do you and Jimmy lie awake at night worried about competition from the Basic Bible Podcast? Well, I, Jimmy's the one that worries about that. I, I don't worry about it because I just I believe God's sovereign. So, you know, when it comes to, is the Basic Bible Podcast, you know, going to actually overtake us uh, and make us irrelevant? You know, that's obviously a real possibility. Right. Uh, Jimmy worries about that. I just say whatever God wills is, is God's will, and I'm okay with it. Our five listeners are really fierce. <laughs> Thank you. All right, well, thanks for listening, and I, and I hope you enjoyed all those interviews. I know I enjoyed... Uh, conducting all those interviews, meeting these guys. There was one uh, one interview that actually I didn't record. In fact, uh, I, I, I conducted the interview didn't re- with, with Steve McCoy. did a great uh, session on parenting, and I asked him a really good question, and I thought he gave a really good answer, except I wasn't recording at all. So, uh, Steve, if you're listening to this, hey, come back on the podcast. Let's do a whole interview. But I don't think you're going to be listening to this anyway, but oh well, whatever. Uh, but uh, it was a really good time, and I want you to make sure you check out the Doctrine Devotions podcast and uh, their website. They're doing a lot of things with the uh, London Baptist Confession 1689 on their podcast, so you'll want to check that out. Uh, of course, again, after you're done with the Basic Bible podcast, then you can check out other podcasts, and I hope you do. So check out our website at www.basicbiblepodcast.org. Hope to get that blog going soon, and you'll find all of our resources there links to other things, and uh, links to other podcasts as well that you might enjoy. So join us back. Hey, by the way, before I I, I sign off here, let me say thank you. We have, I alluded to earlier, we have really had a great increase on the amount of downloads and people listening to the podcast. Uh, I think we've doubled or tripled our our size in just the past couple of weeks, so thank you for listening, and get the word out. Um, Check us out on Twitter, at BasicBibleBibleBibleBibleBibleBibleBibleBibleBibleBibleBibleBibleBibleBibleBibleBibleBibleBibleBibleBibleBibleBibleBibleBibleBibleBibleBibleBibleBibleBibleBibleBibleB